You are listening to the Savage Fincast Retro, Episode 31, Super Patriot, Liberty and Justice, 1 and 2. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast Retro, uh, the show that realizes it has been far too long since we've recorded, and we apologize for that. The summer got on top of us. My name is Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. And I am once again Mark Welzer. Hey, Mark. It's good to have you on again. Uh, thanks for filling in as as required. It's good to have three people on a podcast, I've always said. Anytime you guys need me, I will try to make accommodations to be here. I love it. Uh, awesome. We are here. Yeah, we are here on another episode of the Savage Fincast, uh, the show where we um, typically go back to the past to look at the uh, Savage Dragon and uh, related comics of the past. Um, we are got a really cool episode, I think, lined up today as we are finally getting to the second Super Patriot series, Super Patriot Liberty and Justice, which uh, for my money is probably the best of the Super Patriot miniseries. I mean, they're all good, but I think this one's kind of peak. I would, uh, I would tend to agree. Yeah. Um. Now, me personally, uh, fun fact: I'm pretty sure I read this before. Uh, I read the first miniseries because back in like, uh, let's what does this say, 2003, 2004, 2002. Back in 2002. For whatever reason, this particular miniseries got a trade paperback release. Mm-hmm. Uh, when yep. really none of the other... Well, I actually think I take that back. I'm pretty sure the Kirkman books did get, get got collected, uh, but the first series didn't. So it was really nice to get this at the time, just because there was just so, I was so getting into Dragon that anything even related was just cool to have. Uh, of course, this was back in the, uh, the uh, yellow image spine era. You, you can always tell... Um, I believe that was a uh, Jim Valentino thing at the time. Or all the numbers are all different sizes. Oh, yeah. So ugly, <laughs> and then it was like, volume two is like different font. I forgot that they collected that. Is there, do you have yours in front of you, Jim? That's what I'm reading out of. Okay, is there anything in, in there that we need to discuss? Should I go grab mine, or are we good? I know it's got I a mean, new cover, right? There, there's a new cover, yeah. and there's a sketchbook in the back. Okay. Uh, sketchbook's pretty interesting just, just to see some of the stuff that Dave Johnson did. Um, I don't know if it's critical cause it's like only f- like five pages. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, otherwise the only thing I, the only thing I'd say is, um, oh no, these aren't covers. These are, these are like, uh, posters, I think. So in the back matter, just to get it to the, just to cover it, um, the covers and the pinups are in the back. They didn't put the covers like between the issues. Um, so you get all the four, get all four of the covers, but then you get these two pinups, 
which I'm pretty sure are the posters that we've seen previously. Uh, one is with all the uh, robo goons that um, Super Patriot is like falling from. He's like shooting yeah. into the sky. And then another one's got Liberty and Justice fighting. I think uh, one of the um, uh, Covenant of the Sword guys, but I actually don't recognize this. Maybe this was in one of the issues. Uh, but I'm not I think sure. it was a pinup in Savage Dragon. I don't recognize it. Maybe it'll maybe it'll okay. come up later. I can't, I remember Eric it, like the question come up like why wasn't the first series ever collected in a trade? I think maybe it was like the film or something. It's got to be probably the got, same reason why yeah. the old early dragons weren't reprinted or Need, needs to be recolored is very likely. I, I think only Liberty and Justice and America's Fighting Force have been collected in trade. Okay, which it would be nice to get like a phone book or some kind of omnibus of the super Patriot stuff because yeah, that's America's stuff. fighting force. Number four has uh, my first published pinup. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I was, uh, I was very young and I'm not proud of that, but it's in there forever now. And there's nothing I can do about there's it. There's a bunch of guys. Like I feel like, uh, Mark Engler has a yeah. pinup. Engler had too. one. Uh, I don't remember who else, but Mark yeah, Engler, was... who went on to draw, uh, might the mighty man backups that were collected and and god war and yes. some freak force uh the freak backup. force backup in 115 yeah which i actually own original art for that well i own the original pinup that i did so now we're even <laughs> nice All right i think that that welser guy's going places well not hold on to enough. that that's right so, Liberty and Justice number one. Of course, this is uh, following up from the first Super Patriot series, where, and of course, where we've seen uh, Super Patriot in Savage Dragon. He's basically finally free of the the uh, you know his brainwashing problems, and is uh, just doing the superhero thing, I guess. Primarily being uh, uh, attacked by the Covenant of the Sword. Um, so right off the bat, this cover is like one of the coolest covers ever. Of this it's issue, so of this. cool they had to print it on the back without the logo. Then, di- yeah. yeah, didn't Corey Waka homage homage this cover? I think he may have. I'm pretty sure when he similar. took when he did the miniseries or something, he did this as a pinup or something in that. Of course, I didn't do my homework and look it up. But yeah, yeah I, I actually don't recall. It's been. A while. Oh, uh, actually, while. You know, actually, you know what? The cover is homaged by uh, EJ Sue on War and Terror Sue. number one. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, that, that cover is very similar composition-wise. Although, is this an EJ Sue cover? America's Fighting Force would be Corey Walker. Uh, no, this is War on Terror. The interior. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so okay. So interiors were EJ Sue. The cover was by Corey Walker, so it is yes. Corey Walker. So that, all right, that's yeah. what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yep. Now, this takes place after Freak Force. Do we know where we're at in the Savage Dragon timeline around what issue? Uh, 20, I want to say. We're, okay. We, yeah. Uh, last one we reviewed was... Now, yeah, 1819. So, yes, we are at issue 20 in Dragon Timeline. June, June 95, I believe. All right. Yeah, and if you look at the like the ads, this is around the time of, like, Vanguard 1 is coming out. 
uh, I think Wildstar they're planning for his second series. We're up, we're up to, we'll have to cover that. It's pretty short. It should be a pretty easy episode. We'll we'll get that done soon. And um, then uh, Star is out now, which we'll talk about real soon this, as well. This is a really busy time for the spinoffs because we got the Super Patriot, we got the Star, we got the there's another there's another Deadly Duo miniseries going on. Dart. Um, Dart will and be happening. Eric's working on the cartoon at this point too. Right, right. That, ex- that might explain it. You know, expanding all the cartoons on the air. Um, I think I think Dart's still a little ways away, but it, it is coming up. Um. Yeah, I think Dart's within like a year of this. But we'll, yeah, we're but gonna get this, this is like the peak of the highbrow, yeah, uh, publications right Ex- here. Expansion era, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and what's crazy is within like two years we'll be back just to Savage Dragon, yeah, uh, yep. which is somewhat unfortunate to be completely honest because I still believe Super Patriot's like the most marketable spinoff character he's got, and it's really unfortunate it's had so few. Um, Runs, I suppose. And all of its runs have had spectacular teams on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Covenant of the Sword. Uh, we don't see these guys very often anymore, but they were a big deal in this period. Um, I'm pretty sure they're a Giffen creation, which we should probably talk about the creative team on this book. This is actually really interesting to me uh, because this book was, of course, let me get the credits for this. Um, so it was uh, plotted and uh, you know come, came up with by Keith Giffen, and of course it was penciled and inked by Dave Johnson. Uh, but the script, the words were all written by Tom and Mary Beerbaum. Now I don't know how familiar you guys are with Terry, uh, Tom and Mary Beerbaum, uh, but they're, they, they they live in my town. Oh, <laughs> I saw them not too long ago at an ice cream shop. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, this they live really- right here. Did you ask for their autograph and scream at them? Hey. No. Well, they were with my friend Bob, and I'm like, oh, you're the beer bombs. Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. I was, I'm a big fan of your work on Star and Super Patriot. Like, usually people talk to us about Legion or whatever. I'm like, no, oh, no, Star and Super Patriot. <laughs> it's probably like the first time they've heard that in like 20 probably. years. Yeah. <laughs> but but they were um they were pretty uh, involved with Giffen at this period of time, and as you said, they they they, they worked did an extensive run on Legion of Superheroes, uh, starting with Giffen. With uh, with the relaunch in '89, and then continuing up through like issue, uh, I want to say 30 or 50. I can't recall right off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they've also did the Heckler, I think, at, at at DC Comics. If you remember the Heckler, which was another Giffen book. Um, yep. But you see, there around this time, you start seeing their names on like a lot of like Image Comics as scripters, and it's kind of what they're known for is for like uh, you know actually doing like the words that characters say and stuff. And I generally like their writing. Uh, and their their scripting and such, uh, I just find it fascinating that they're kind of entwined with Savage Dragon in this period. Yeah, um, this is like the most natural dialogue I've heard in or read in like any of these dragon spin-off. books in a long yeah. time. Yeah, it's like it's really really sharp. Yeah, um, there's a lot of things going on in this first issue. Like, it's just well written, well paced. Now it says here Giffen is storyteller. I know. I assume that means he was still doing uh, All drawing his thumbnails, probably his thumbnails and stuff. I would believe it because that's how he works. And I imagine Dave Johnson probably uh, embellished el- el- embellished quite a bit on them because we see what uh, Vic Bridges did with 
Keith's layouts and what. Yeah. Uh, you know, it probably wouldn't be too hard to just ask Johnson how the process went because he's not too hard to get a hold of. Maybe for yeah. the next set of issues, I will get an answer to that because that would be an interesting question of whether or not Giffen laid this all out for him uh, and then he just kind of worked with that or if he was allowed it, to like do it himself. Because looking through it, there is a lot of these like kind of panel configurations that do look Giffen-y, but like the shots and the compositions don't really look like Giffen. No. And there's not a lot of besides covers to look at for Dave Johnson. I mean, how many issues of anything has he done besides Super... I don't even know. All I know is the Super Patriot stuff. He's done Super Patriot and he's done Red Sun. And he's done... um, Right, right, Red Sun. Oh, right. Oh, right. He did... um, Oh, what was it called? Uh, Chain Gang something at DC. Oh, what the hell is that book called? No idea. This is, a this page is, of Invincible. This is this is a this is a funny like footnote is that he did a twelve issue mini uh, a maxi series at DC Comics uh, called Chain Gang War. I have take a whole five years to come out. I have well, no, it came out it came out between ninety three and ninety four, but it's like just the weirdest nothing comic you can imagine. It came out huh. during like Nightfall era Batman. There's a crossover with him in this. It's. It's just a weird, odd thing where he's he's done so few interiors and yet he did twelve issues on this. Well, the guy's a master at design and designing characters. Like he draws some pretty beautiful stuff, but I'm wondering if just having Giffen lay it all out and him just kind of adding his touches probably sped up the process. But obviously, the guy doesn't like to draw sequentials. Well, or, it's, hard, it's it's hard work, uh, and it's I think it's a lot. Uh, it's a better payday to just do a bunch of covers. Good work if you can and, get it. And honestly, like his covers are like some of the best, yeah, graphically designed covers that I've seen in comics. Because he did covers for BPRD for years, right? And he also did covers for like various other like Hundred Bullets. Was yeah, Hundred like Bullets, a big thing for him. And then uh, various covers here and there. But then he also he does a lot of like. Uh, or did a lot of TV work. Like, I think he did a lot of the d- designs for Ben 10 and stuff yeah. like that. I got to say, the, the, the angle of the shots in this opening action scene of the first issue are insane. The yeah. one where he's crashing into the, to the, uh, the, the, the second panel of the second page where he's, like, crashing into the hotel sign or whatever, and he's, like, falling to the street. Yeah. And, that, and that one where he's running down the street from the planes in traffic... Dave Johnson's a guy who definitely can draw a car. Yeah, I, I mean, just how dynamic, even those little like jet things flying all around, it, it, like just, I don't know, it's pretty amazing. That that first page of the, like swooping in with the with the missiles and the the machine and gun blast, and, the, and of course, the, it, it, Iliopolis is also going absolutely nuts on this series. And the yeah. cityscapes look really nice too. Like these buildings, they look like buildings. Yeah. The vehicles, everything. Yeah, it's inc- it's incredible. This, I think this is probably his best stuff sequentially yeah. that I've seen. And according to this, he inked it all himself too. So this is like a one man job. Uh, all this detail. Yeah, and versus the first miniseries, I think this uh, the coloring is a lot more complimentary to yeah. his style this time around too. And it's pretty amazing, like, the stuff he can come up with, Super Patriot. I mean, he took something from Larson. Super Patriot's guns are basically just tubes. 
And right. that's, you know, it was just basically guns. And if, just looking in these first, like, three, four pages, he's got Super Patriot using, like, rocket boosters on his, like, feet to, like, shoot up in the air. Mm-hmm. He's got, like, almost that kind of Akira arm where it's, like, shooting all those, like, you know, it's all stretching out and blasting into the cockpit. Yeah. It's just pretty amazing looking. It's just real fun to, to look at. It's Super Patriot Super is such a fun character because you can do all that stuff, you know? He's kind of like Mr. Fantastic on steroids, you know? He, he definitely put his mark on the character to the point where, what was it, issue 9, where Eric had him draw all the guns yeah. for him? Issue 9 of the Savage Dragon series. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I know Dave wanted to redesign Super Patriot. Uh, there was uh, an episode of Drink and Draw. It was like him and Dan Panoshin and Jeff Johnson and somebody else probably. They are talking about Super Patriot came up, and he said he always hated the design, but he wanted to redesign it, and Eric said no. <laughs> I mean... But he did get, he did get to design uh, Liberty Hill. Yeah, which is a, a great costume, considering, too, it's like... Is it? <laughs> I, I, I don't gonna, think so. I think Liberty's costume's a little... I don't know. Awkward. I mean, it's fun. I mean, I'm not going to say I hate it, but it's I just feel like it, it lacks a certain like cohesiveness. The upside down star for the crotch just seems very on the nose. Uh, I, I do feel like they're ahead of the time. Like, and this is 95. I mean, this is, you know, with the jacket and the pants, that's stuff that they, you know, just started doing. Like, I feel like with Wonder Woman, so oh, get, get her out of like the, short shorts and giving her pants and, and a jacket or something like that. I felt like that was a little bit ahead of its time. The jacket's kind of cool. It, I mean, her shoulder pads are massive, but the jacket's cool. Everybody was wearing jackets back then. This is what, like, Rogue had it. and That's true. But it's it's good. It doesn't look like... It definitely doesn't look like something Larson would have designed. No, no, it does not. Uh uh, Super Page uh, Justice, however, looks like something yeah. Eric would design. Well, it is. I mean, it's basically it's very it's classic. Yeah, I, I gotta wonder what like. Um, I mean, Super Patriot's design. I, I guess it's. I don't know. It's at this point. I guess it's just too classic to me to change. Which which design? The old school one or the cyborg? The, the cyborg. The cyborg version. Yeah. I mean. And, yeah. I think the only time he ever changed is when his shirt went from yellow to blue, which honestly I thought looked really cool when he was in the SOS. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I but, get the yellow because it's stars, but it's it's a lot <laughs> on the, the shirt. I remember when the miniseries came out, my older brother drew a picture of Super Patriot that he entered into a local comic book art contest, and he did watercolors on it. And he wasn't he didn't know that Super Patriot was wearing a shirt, so he colored his chest as just like a nude skin chest. <laughs> so it does kind of get lost. I think that's why the blue would, would definitely helps it out. But uh, Larson very ever rarely redesigns his characters. No. And generally they're like very minor, like redesigns, like how, how, um, like Mighty overlord, man. like overlord. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, the star on the star on uh, on Mighty Man. Yeah, but oh, like overlord, how he used to be able to see his teeth and his eyes, and now they're just techno behind yeah. him. Of course, the cape too, but that was kind of a, a necessary thing to hide his identity early on. Right. 
But this is, I'm just flipping through. This is just such, these pages are so good. Yeah. Looking. I mean, uh, Dave Johnson really outdid himself here. That that page in the second issue that opens in the jungle with the the, the guys in like the armor. Yeah. I that blind, is right? in, insane amount yeah. of detail. And they are so cool. And they're just throwaway flunkies. They're designed. I, they're designed to die. Oh, there's the, so much detail in there. Whether it's like the little mechanical lizards recording, or the names on the guys' visors. And then this is on the second page when Superman's getting shot up. The last panel on the second page, the mailman with the Uzi in his mailbag. Wait, which one? Which page? It's the second page of the first issue. It's the last panel. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh, all these got... tiny little details like that. And it's... Yeah, I, I guess everyone got lucky that day. That guy caught a bullet, <laughs> right? I like the His the panel, gone. the panel where he's jumping towards the cockpit, and the pilot can see like Super Patriot's shadow in his yeah. visor. That's there's some really good storytelling going on here. And and just honestly, like you know, him crashing in the water in the scene, like the panel of his hand coming out of the water, and he's just like, "God damn it!" And the way he's like marching, like walking after getting out of the water, and just like <laughs> conveys so much emotion. He's, and he's, those two guys just watching him. Yeah. And then even that, he's got shit floating around in the water. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me in some ways of like a Jeff Darrow type. Like just load it with different signs and product placement. Jeff in this, isn't he? Oh no, he's in the second issue. Yeah, he's in the diner. You get a uh, Mike Mir from uh, Suicidal Tendencies is one of the Cully Hammer, I think, is one of the <laughs> the servers at the diner. Yeah. How about the the splash where we're kind of like first introduced to Liberty and Justice? I thought that was pretty awesome. I thought Justice kind of looks cool in the shadows, you know. This is a cool-looking uh, panel to introduce these guys. Yeah, it's a nice angle. How do you feel about just being introduced to two full-grown? These are your long-lost children, Johnny. Well, Justice showed up first in, what, Savage Dragon 12? Yeah. 12? Was it? When, when, yeah. When She-Dragon first she showed Dragon, up. Yep. Yeah, She-Dragon and... Justice, we're going after Octopus and Open Face. Right. And I don't think we saw him at all in the series until this, right? Yeah, if I recall. It, and it was, you know, what there was no use, liberty at all. You said issue 12? Yeah. He's on the cover with She-Dragon. Oh, that's right. He gets his ass kicked. Yeah. Interesting, Dragon never mentioned it to uh, Super Patriot. But that's such a, a long time to go without knowing anything about who he is. And that was that was the cool thing, I think, back then with Savage Dragon. There was a lot of long-haul type reveals yeah. and stuff, which I, I do kind of miss nowadays. Yeah, that was about a year before the this issue came out, so that was a long burn at the time. There's um, this page, uh, the IRS... Mm. Um, yeah. There's a guy in the first panel wearing a sweatshirt that says Stuck Mojo. Do either of you guys know anything about Stuck Mojo? I do not. Uh, I don't know bands. No, I'm thinking Mojo Nixon. 
it's uh they're like one of the pioneers of like rap metal yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, but their first two album covers, Dave Johnson did the art for oh, their did covers. He? Yeah, it was the first one, Snappin' Necks, which I remember. I didn't even, I didn't know that it was Dave Johnson at the time, but looking back at it now, it's very obvious. Because um, yeah, I, I liked them. They had the one song, what not, not promised tomorrow, which was pretty good. Uh, yeah. I didn't get much into them after that. It was more like not like new metal but more like downset and like yep rage against the like hardcore punk yeah rap. and this and that album came out around it was in 95 so it was yeah. around the same time i don't know if dave johnson was a fan of them or if they were just a fan of his maybe but like by I said, the third he... album he was gone like they just i think the third album cover was just the wcw championship belt <laughs> Well, I mean, he's obviously like a fan of punk or something. Is that's definitely Mike Muir from Super Yeah, that's Sound Mike Muir. He's there, the psycho hat. Who that other guy is supposed to be? He's got definitely has a tattoo on his back of his head. Something boys. Something boys. And I don't yeah. know what that is. I love the the panel where they're like standing on that grid, the lighting. Oh yeah, that's really nice. Like that's the thing too, like. Look at the colors in this issue. I mean, it, it definitely aged well. Like, the colors look good. There's a lot of different, like, shading and things that are making things pop. The green hues and everything is just kind of, like, set in the scene. Because then you turn the page and the colors get, you know, more normal when you're back in the government building. By 95, I think they were starting to figure out when to hold back on all yeah. this computer stuff like early 92 93 they were like just trying everything it was a new toy it was, it was new. exciting yeah. yeah and they went overboard but this yeah, it looks pretty good i'm just talking about the art let's talk about the story a little bit well the, the the main thrust of this story is twofold uh johnny wants to go after the the uh covet of the sword because they've been harassing him and they gotta you know deal with them and also he's got two mystery children who uh, also want to be superheroes. And also there's a convoluted kind of story going on where what's-his-face? Um, Jake. Jake Farrow. Jake Farrow, who I literally could never remember the name of because he's such a nothing burger to me. <laughs> but he's around He's around so much. He's Is he from, like, Youngblood or something? Is he, like, a... No, he, he was around? in the he's first... just in this? He was in the first Super Patriot miniseries. Okay, so he's just a Super Patriot character. And yeah, he, he was in there. Later in Mars attacks Savage Dragon, right? Yeah. Or Mars attacks Image. Um, but he was in a couple issues of Savage Dragon. But he mostly just deals with Super Patriot. But he's trying to manipulate Super Patriot into like dealing with the Covenant of the Sword without being like obvious about it. He's trying to make Super Patriot think it's his idea to do right. it, like yeah. on the down low, as long as he's got the information. But all along, his plan was. To have Super Patriot do it for his dirty work, basically. Right, and he seems to know about the kids. Well, of course he knows about the kids. They're his uh, sister's children, as we'll find right. out next issue. Uh, so next he knows about them, and then in the same end, the Covenants of the Sword is in on all of it too, and they're, you know, they know about Super Patriot's kids, and so because apparently um, Liberty is a member. 
I guess I guess I think one... she's just a, yeah. a sympathizer. I don't know. Is she a member? It's, it's, no. sli- it's slightly confusing. In the second issue, she says she is part of it. Because because the covenant, as we usually see them, are like a terrorist organization that is like kind of like Hydra. They're like everywhere. Yeah. The, right. way, the way this, at least the first two issues, kind of presented is there's like it's like a it's a large organization with many splinter groups, and each splinter group will have their own ideologies. To various event, uh, to various extremes, um, but for the most part, the Covenant, at least on paper, is supposed to be like an anti, like, like anti-crime, anti-like supposed to be like a, a positive, like, a positive role in society to make the world a better place. But that, of course, as we could probably guess, is a cover to being a terrorist recruiting organization. Which yeah, Liberty appears to kind of be on that first level of they're here to do good, they're here to bust drug dealers, and they're here to to, to make the world a better place. Uh, and as such, she has been manipulated into possibly being a you know uh, a double agent without her even knowing. She's still like in the early stages of Scientology, where she hasn't learned about Xenu yet. Right, <laughs> that's probably the best uh, comparison to make in this. Right, she hasn't been indoctrinated yet. I feel like with Covenant of the Sword, they're so integrated with like biotechnology, and I don't know if it was ever like stated, but I feel like their end goal is to like integrate with robots or something. Like everything they do is like combining, you know, making cyborgs basically, combining humans with like robotech. You know, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm like, not. I'm not terribly sure if it's ever fully explained what their goals are, except to to like control the world, uh, right. because. We'll we'll see them on and off for the next few years, but by the end of the, you know, by the time the Savage World starts, their story is basically done, because they they don't really have a role after that. And then we learned that Damien Darklord was in charge of them. Right, that was all tied into him, wasn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Where I think I think it got to the point where, when Eric was tying everything up, he's like, I got to do something with the Covenant. Right, and it was Keith's thing, and I don't really know what he had planned, if he had anything planned for it. So he just kind of, I think, tossed Dark Lord in with them, and then yeah. kind of wrapped it up that way. That makes sense. Yeah, it was like seventy three, seventy four, where it's all yeah. wrapped up with the end of the Image Universe. But yes, they're kind of gone. They're like, all yeah. they're all teched up like this one like spider looking dude with the they one eye. They have a budget. Uh, Claude Van Damage. Oh my God, is that his name? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with the with the little bolt for his eye. It's another crazy Dave Johnson design. Uh, he, he looks cool as hell. Yeah. Top heavy. Dave definitely comes up with things I just would never think of. Like, he's just got ways to design things that are just like, wow, what what made him think of that? You know? Like, even, like, I don't know what those balls are in his hands. Laser beam balls? Yeah, they're for shooting laser beams for sure. They're diodes. Oh, wait, you know, he shocks, he's using them as shockers on the next page, I guess. floating orbs yeah. he definitely makes the covenant henchmen look cool as hell though with their kind of like 
Yeah, like looking armor, medieval looking armor. That's their whole thing too. Is they all like they're all like, like knights, paladins. Yeah, pa- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's and of, course, and of course, every everything's still got that that anime influence. The, uh, the pipe sticking out at every angle. Uh, very um, very appleseed esque. Ghost yeah. in the shell. So yeah, getting through this first issue. I mean, uh, they, he finds his kids, and they decide to take out this cell where. Um, right. Yeah. They, they get. Uh, sorry. Super Patriot gets told by what's his face that there's this cell, and he should go, you know, investigate. And so he does, and that's where he discovers his children. And they make their introductions. And then we also find out that all of this was a big manipulation by both sides to get them all together, because apparently the Covenant's working on a plan to eliminate super patriot and this is part of their plan at least that's right. uh what i believe to be the case based on the scenes we see back at the uh back at the office back at the, uh, the covenant installation and also like kind of at the end the bigger reveals that jake farrell is related to right liberty and justice's parent uh mom right he's the he's the brother and uh, she's uh and she also she's deceased which i suppose we should have guessed but uh Liberty and Justice Pharrell. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I just got that. What the yep. fuck? <laughs> oh, okay. Alright, I gotta say no to that one. That was <laughs> that, that's too, got too much. Martian written all over it, I think. There was um Yeah, I don't we don't really see much of Jake anywhere else besides the Super Patriots, so and who does he work for? Or what does the C? The the seal on the ground, on the floor says CIA. He seems CIA. to be a, he seems to be a CIA director of some kind. That uh, director likes... of enhanced covert operations. Ah, uh, as part of the CIA. Yeah, as part it. of the CIA. Yeah. So Jake Farrell appears in Bloodstrike number eight, Freak Force eight, nine, eleven, twelve, and eighteen. To do her call, because he was, like, the third guy manipulating yep. that whole situation. Mars With Attacks Image. Space Ants? Yeah. Yeah, he's the one who hired him for that. Mars Attacks Image. He's in Savage Dragon 4050. He's in 171, which I don't recall. That might be a backup. Um, uh, that's the one with... Um, Thunderhead's first appearance, but I forget why he's in it. Hmm. I, don't know, I have no memory of that. It's still with the CIA, I assume, right? Yeah. Is it 171? Yeah. Well, let's find out. To the magic of the internet. <laughs> At the government building where Emperor Kerr's remains have been taken for studying, Malcolm and Angel are shown destruction caused by two intruders. Jake Farrell shows them both video footage of the invaders, whom they identify as Dark Lord and Emperor Kroll. Malcolm notes that he assumed the SOS would have provided better security for this facility, but Angel points out that most of the roster was slaughtered at the hands of Kerr, and that few survivors, including Super Patriot, remain. Yeah, I don't, I have no recollection of that. But anyway, no. he, that's the most recent, and then he was in Super Patriot, this series, and War and Terror. Well. Uh, getting into the next issue, I suppose. Uh, what's the cover on that one? Do uh, that is the. Oh, right. We see the kids and we see Johnny, and they're all 
high they kicking it. The Covenant yeah. logo. Yeah, high kicking and action posing. Uh, less, less busy than issue one cover. Yeah. I um, I think Chris Eliopoulos designed the Super Patriot logo too. Although he's not, I don't think he's credited, but it's a great yeah, logo. I assume he did. Yeah, it's really nice. Logo. I think we've seen that logo. I th- want to say it was on a Savage Dragon cover before the first series miniseries, or it might even have been in the um. Like a versus Super Patriot or something. Something. I have to double check that. I feel like we've definitely saw it before the first miniseries. We may have seen it in the Blood... Not Blood Strike. Um, the, um, uh, the Blood Files or whatever the Young Blood case files issues <laughs> Strike were. Strike File? Strike File. That's it. <laughs> what did you call it? Blood File. The Blood File. And Josh Icorn is related to... Also, because apparently he's Super Patriot's ugly stepsister, according to the credits of issue two. <laughs> oh boy! So we're getting all kinds of uh, genealogy lessons about Super Patriot. Uh, Chris E does a big, uh, not Chris E, uh, Josh Icorn does a big write-up at the end of uh, issue one, which I think is funny. There's a, a it, within it, there's a paragraph that's talking about like the creative team yeah. uh and he's talking about tom mary tom mary Beerbaum, and he says they're also written the current star miniseries for eric which is out now check it out and a dragon annual which adam hughes will probably never finish and he'll be canned and will scramble to find a suitable replacement watch this space it'll be drawn yeah. by somebody someday i promise that, that all <laughs> turned out to be true when did that come out? Like ninety seven. Wait, a what? Savage Dragon Annual. It was uh, Sex and Violence. Yeah. Oh, remember Adam Hughes started. It was supposed it. to be an annual, but then they split it up into two issues and had someone else do it. I think was it Rick Mays. I think so. It was Adam Hughes first, and then they got somebody. Didn't they get somebody else who also couldn't do yeah, it? Yeah, there was somebody else who flaked out. And cursed. And I think like. Uh, like Adam Hughes, I think that whole like Gaijin Studios, like Eric just used like all of them because it was like uh, Dave Johnson, Jason Pearson, uh, Adam Hughes. I think Cully Hamner Ham, was it Hamner? Is that how you say it? Yeah, I think, I think I so. Think, but I don't I think, think he did anything Hamner on Dragon. But he makes an appearance in this comic. But anyway, like th- at least three of those guys from that studio drew. A spinoff book for Eric. Yeah, it was pretty nuts at the time. I mean, those guys were huge at the in the moment, and that yeah, they all went on to most yeah they all went on to big things. Yeah, and they all had like their own unique style too. Oh yeah. yeah, they they all had a very like underlying like anime influence as like the thing that tied them together, but they were all different in their ways. Well, the, the funny thing is, like, with Dave Johnson and Adam Hughes, it's like they just basically became cover artists, and they're both really good at it <laughs> and, and got a lot of work doing just covers. And for two completely different ways of going about it. Right. And, I mean, obviously Adam Hughes, I think, had difficulty, like, drawing sequentials in a timely manner and probably the same thing with Dave Johnson. 
Well, I know Dave has mentioned before that he has a hard time, and you can see with the people that are like he can draw tech all day. Yeah, but he has a hard time drawing faces consistently. Yeah, his his close up when you see close ups of like human faces, especially Liberty, yeah. it, they does tend to change panel to panels in it sometimes. And I'm not ragging him; it's hard to do. But um, I know when he was doing. Red Sun. He's like every panel, Superman looked like a different dude. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, he can draw this tech stuff consistently. Yeah. I think he's gotten better at it, but Yeah, and I think he's still better than most artists out there that I like. I don't know. Like I yeah. look at this stuff and I'm There's like, nothing I would... wrong with this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I would take his art every day of the week over most stuff. Like I wish I... he did more sequential stuff. But I think that might also be one of the things that's holding himself back from doing more sequentials. Sure, sure. Just not what, happy You can with get himself. that stuff in your head, and it's, yeah. it's hard to do. Dude is so talented, though. Here's a dumb question. That flashback scene uh, where we see uh, the kid's mother in issue yeah. two, Is it? am I crazy, or does that kind of look like Eric? What? His, like, the art style. Art? The art. Uh, it was inked by Dick Giordano. Okay, that's why it looks different then. Because yeah, yeah, that, I was okay. trying to give it like that '60s look. Yeah. Okay. So it's 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 definitely. So I'm not crazy. It's definitely going for like a like a '70s Marvel kind of look. Yeah. And they had different inkers uh, on the first miniseries too, when they did flashbacks. Yeah. If you look at the inside cover, '70s inker Dick Giordano. Oh well. There you go. Uh, I don't have the credits for the individual issues, unfortunately. Oh. I didn't pull those out. You're just looking at the, the trade. I got the trade, and it does show Dick Giordano as the uh, as credited as an anchor, but it doesn't tell me what he inked. So I, have to, I have to guess. I, I did find it funny. <laughs> the the head of that cell from uh, the Covenant the, the big robot guy. Yep. When he gets called by like the grand leader, which I don't think we ever find out who that is or anything. The guy that's kind of like, it's dark Lord. It's dark Lord yeah. the whole time. Right. Which obviously it could be now that that's kind of been revealed, but what, in issue two. Yeah. Issue two, he's like talking to the hologram, which you, you never find out who he's really talking to. It's just like kind of a pink outline. I think we do. Do we? I think in, later in the, all right, I don't remember. I haven't. I feel like I'm reading this again for the first time. Like I don't remember anything that. It's happened. been it's been a long it's, time since I read it myself. And it's I been a while, but I'm pretty sure that that is revealed to be somebody else uh, okay. in the later issues. I don't so, want to spoil it for you guys. It, it, it would be. I mean, Dark Lord hasn't been created yet. I I highly doubt Eric has like fleshed that character out yet. Sure. sure. Uh, but it would be very you know funny that Dark Lord, who is of course the adult child of Liberty both first appeared in this issue or this miniseries. Yeah. It, it's funny to me, like the, the, the head of this, uh, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, their little cluster here. Cell. Uh, Cell. Cell. Sorry. I was having a brain fart there. Is, is his name Marshall or is he a Marshall of the group or something? Because <laughs> Marshall is just like an odd name, like no, Mar- Marshall, like a- Marshall is an honorific. It's it's a, it's a military role, I suppose. Okay, yeah, he's he marshals. I wasn't sure group. if that was like his like formal like his name or like his title. 
His name's Marshall Marshall. <laughs> Marshall Bravestar. Yeah, I just flipped through issue four, and they definitely reveal who that is. All right, okay. Cool. All right, so that's coming. I love how all Dave's little contraptions have those little, like, energy balls. Like, even the little uh, projector has one. <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's, how, that's how they're all powered. It's a... It's always fun to have like a like a um, um, oh what's the word um, a, a like a, a design motif that is consistent. So you, you always can recognize it. The technology yeah, is like I mean, being covenant technology. Even look at that little device. The way it kind of uncoils. It's kind of like there's some thought put into that. Like yeah. you know, he could have easily just made it like a Star Wars projector thing. It could have. It sh- it should have been nothing, but he made it really cool looking. <laughs> it's like yeah, he's got to like think it through of how that would work. Even not... the way on that long panel where that horizontal panel where you can see the top of it. Yeah. Where those little bolts they kind of they're not just sticking straight out. They're kind of flowing with each other. Yeah. Like he definitely thought about it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's wild. I mean, he, so dedicates, he dedicates three panels to it unfurling. He really wants yeah. us to be impressed by it. And, and that's where I think I find a lot of that, you know, the manga, like, influence it. Like, how detailed all this. It reminds me of, like, what you would read in manga. Like, you know, these page, some of these pages with, like, you know, I'm big into, like, reading, like, the Gundam series now. And mm-hmm. how detailed some of those pages get is, is very similar. Well, you you compared him to Daro earlier, and there's and, and I yeah, think I that's and, true too. And I think what's what's similar between those the, those two artists is that they don't like simplify backgrounds or background characters. No. They put the same amount of detail into the background as the foreground most yeah. of the time, which which does kind of give everything kind of an even look. Um, but it's got to be hella labor intensive. It's and not there's like, all these little wink wink things in the background. And there's and, there's definitely pages where. He didn't want to do backgrounds. Oh yeah, he leaves them blank. Sure, yeah. <laughs> he leaves them blank. But he does that. But when he than does, when he does them, oh my god! Like Eric squigglies, like Eric will squiggly a background just to put some. Whereas you know Dave here leaves it blank. Yeah, what's the color? Let's put a gradient in it. Do the the different covenant cells have like kind of different logos too? Like yes. the, the Tokyo cells got the little like pitchforks yeah. or whatever. Yeah, and get... Liberty mentions that. Oh, does she? At the end, because she's like, what did those symbol look like? Because they all have different... Ah, right, right. I remember now. Yep. Variations. Um, we do get introduced to these uh, three three dudes with the, you know, the cyber cyberizations. Yeah. I gotta wonder if maybe this is the like the design that, that, that Dave might have wanted to use as Super Patriot, and he repurposed it into these guys. Maybe. I'm wondering if maybe the design that he wanted to go with was closer to what he gave Die Hard in the first miniseries. Mm. Yeah. Because he definitely redesigned that guy. This was a fun sequence, though. It felt very cinematic. When uh, Ayn's Y and Dry show up? Yeah. Like, you know, you got these soldiers out in the jungle kind of like looking around and just getting picked off. Yeah, exactly like Predator. Getting picked off until it was like one guy left. And all you see is flashes of these guys running back and forth, just picking them all off. Yeah. You see water getting splashed up with their, you know, shooting and stuff. It's cool. It's a, it's a really good reveal. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. like he shoots, you know, the last guy ends up shooting, like, his own guy. He's, like, freaked out, like, just shooting everywhere. He, like, takes out friendly fire, hits one of his own. Out of the way, moron. <laughs> Definitely uh, introduce him as dangerous. I like that they have the initials, the COS initials right on their yeah. chests there, so you know who they're, who they're with. They don't have the emblems, they just got the... yeah. Standing in like the bloody water. Yeah, but those dudes were, man, they made short work of those guys. And as you were saying earlier, Jim, like that splash of those guys just standing in the the river there, it's just so cool looking. Yeah. And these guys are fodder. These guys are meant yeah. to just be torn apart. And these guys are like, well, where does he say? Uh, they'd rather be one of those uh, fighting drug lords or something. Yeah. Right. So these are the ones that, like, they're trying to be the good guys. Well, they think they're the good guys. That's probably yeah. why they got sent out to die. They're a little, yeah. little, little too yeah. nice, these guys. They could be. <laughs> With the giant fucking guns. Those are the good ones. I love how they all have their names on their helmets. Yeah, like all these little details. Um, I'm sure they're all people that, that that Dave Johnson and his friends with. And even all these pages where it's just uh, Liberty Justice and Johnny all like going over their backstory and like their their interpersonal problems and such. It's always always visually interesting. Oh yeah. The and colors and the shading, like this nighttime scene, amazing. Yeah, he's doing some really good stuff with the shadows uh, on Super Patriot in those couple pages. Look at the train yard with the train. It's like, you know, that that yeah. makes it interesting. It could have been, you know, any other artist could have made it so much more simpler. And it just is so visually interesting with like the moon with like all the electric cables in front of it and establish the train yard in that first panel. Then you don't have to draw anything for the yeah. rest of the page. Yeah, absolutely. You know where they're at. Gotta wonder what the and work. I like even when when they're shooting daggers at each other. Yeah, through their eyes, they're two different knives. Yeah, <laughs> you could have just drawn the same knife. It's not cutting any corners. There's no shortcuts here. Yeah, it's a super patriot in the shadows and that next panel like down amazing in the forefront there. Yeah, this looks you real just good. see his goggles. What are what Raspler Railroad references? <laughs> no, it's you know, it's good. It's excellent all around. It's just Yeah this um Brostoff Research Center with like the sign here. It reminds me of like what uh, Kirkman did with uh, the Pentagon, the parking and rear. Parking in the rear. You yeah. think that's from this, or you think ah, it, that's I, just we've that's... seen similar like compositions where you have the building in the background and like the really yeah. like mundane sign in the foreground to like do the establishing yeah. shot. I'm pretty sure Kirkman took that from, if not Eric, then something adjacent such as this. But I feel yeah. like we've actually seen this before in a, well, in, a, in, a in a highbrow book. We I saw can't. this in the previous issue. I know that. In the previous issue. Although and it does maybe. look like to be it's a different drawing. I'm pulling them side by side right here. Yeah. 
So it's not just recycling the panel. What a madman. Like Kirkman does all the time. Well, well, that was always the joke with the with the with the uh, with the Pentagon in yeah. Invincible. It was literally reused every single time. Is like that was the gag. Yeah. I think it might have got redrawn between Corey and uh, and uh, Otley, and that's about it. <laughs> I think Mark Englert got to draw it once too. Yeah, on oh, capes it, or oh, something it was for capes or yeah, or maybe it was. For God, I think it was capes. Then you got the hydro. Yeah, they're great. These guys are cool as hell too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is that is the joke. It's they're they're pipes. That logo is so fucking rad. Yeah. H two O. With the pipes coming pipe, out. Pipe dream going on in the background. I love it. I do love like you know. 60s 70s super patriot with the long hair it's such a weird thing he's like a hippie but he's like the symbol of america you yeah. know it's like that that like that's Billy nelson that's why i love super patriot is because he's he's such an interesting character just from his background and his history because unlike captain america he had to live through all these years and unlike right. captain america he had to make choices and the choice was Wow, our government sucks now. Fuck them. <laughs> Those Reagan years were harsh. Yeah, he had to adapt with the times as they were happening. Uh, I guess that's that's why uh, creator-owned-comic characters are better. You can do That's crazy, you can do crazy things like have your Captain America have all his limbs eaten off by a shark. <laughs> <laughs> this page uh, after the flashback, where it's Super Patriot, Liberty, and Justice talking, there's the those first three panels, and then there's just a big black. Oh, the <laughs> black panel, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know if he was trying to leave a lot of room for dialogue. Yeah, it seems like an odd thing to do. Like, maybe he was expecting a big rant there from Super Patriot? Could be. I mean, that would make sense if that that was all full of, like, dialogue. Alternatively, yeah. it's possible he couldn't make the page layout work uh, without having the bottom panel the way... the bottom panels the way they are. So maybe it was just a choice to, I can't think of what to put here. So, nothing. It is a weird choice. I would have to blame uh, Giffen, because I assume he did the layouts for these maybe maybe there was just something that didn't and work tom and mary came in and they're like oh just give them one little balloon i i love this scene in the dialogue here it's funny because the whole time like you know liberty is just bitching about him not you know super patriot not being there and then he just finally like has it and he's like oh give it a effing rest you know what was i supposed to do i didn't even know you existed which is kind of cool like he's just like he's basically he's just had it like she's just been bitching the whole time right. and he just snaps and it's like oh uh maybe he's got a point <laughs> and justice is such a dope yeah He's just like the he's like the Captain America Superman like like just kind of like not as much as dope but just like just the kind of uh even killed like uh mellow type dude, you know? Like just no no real sense of humor. He's not snarky at all, you know. 
and she's totally like a wise ass loud mouth cries a lot not sure <laughs> i care for that but she's the uh she's the rad lib she's the emotional one yes she definitely voted for bernie sanders well i mean she's a part of the cover of the sword so she's like an ultra progressive yeah Another great splash. I love the the covenant, that, you know, showing all their tech and stuff. More, it's a, it's a hard angle to do too. It looks really cool. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah. Oh wow! It is a okay. So I'm looking at this on a on a computer screen, and you you can only really see like the top part of the page as you scroll down, and it's like the the perspective changes as you scroll down the page. Going yeah. from like fisheye almost, yeah. Yeah, fish eyes is because you're looking up exactly. at them. And as you scroll down, you're looking eye level. It's yep. that that is a that is very much a uh uh well it's not just an anime thing, but there are some very famous like anime shots like from Akira, which are huge backgrounds that are just yes. like this, where they go off into the distance when you start, and then as they pan, it's like you're looking down to eye level. It's very much the same similar technique, only on a comic page. wild it looks great it's hard it's i can't imagine and then fitting all those guys in at the correct perspective it's a hard shot to pull off all these little stairs this is a time before 3d assistance to get your right spaces laid out He's, he's definitely, I mean, I know it took him forever to draw these things, but you can definitely tell that he wasn't just farting around. No. He even looked like, if you look at the next page after that splash, just some weird touches, like the background of, uh, like, the the bottom left corner of the, like, the close-up of the guy's face and, like, the little swirls. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, it's weird, but kind of cool. But uh, I, I do like the fact that these villains, you know, are using Super Patriot tech. So almost kind of like related in a way, you know. They're like uh, the RoboCop 2. Yeah. How about the Lemonhead Diner? Diner scene's fun. <laughs> Probably just loaded yeah. with references I don't get. I love things like the cars. Like there's no car that looks like that, but it, <laughs> it's, it's like cool. Success. It's like a spaceship. <laughs> it's like, you know, he's just like, you feel like Dave Johns is just having fun drawing this shit, you know, like what kind of weird stuff can I draw? But it is still clearly a car. Yeah, it looks like it fits, you know, it's just some weird, different reality where things look a little different. <laughs> the second issue goes on longer than I... It's like 30 pages long, this issue. Is it? Uh, well, probably like, really like 24. It's long. It's longer than a regular 22-page issue at this time. I, I always like scenes where superheroes are just doing like human shit and nobody like really cares. Right. Yeah, you know, just hanging out. Like, yeah, like Thor at a diner drinking a milkshake or like Super Patriot, you know, eating or... Like, nobody, everyone's just doing their own business. Like, people in capes are a normal thing, you know? It's like 24 pages. 
Eric's in the diner too. Yeah, he's yeah, coming out, coming out zipping himself <laughs> up. Don't buy the chili. Or he's just holding his balls. I don't know. Yeah, he looks that like he's in look pain. Like a zip up. Yeah, he's... <laughs> he doesn't look happy. And this is here when we learn that she's part of the covenant, and she's explaining to him. And I love Justice. Like even the body language here from Justice on this, he's just got his head in his hands. Yeah. It's just, it's such a step up from the first uh, miniseries. And the first miniseries was really good, so. Yeah. I think uh, Liberty and Justice are great characters, you know? They're fun. Yeah. What's the what's the deal with a dude just eating, like, a bunch of, like, uh, oh, metal that's, nuts? Uh, that's Jeff Darrow. <laughs> is it? Yeah. How, does it say Darrow on the... No, I just, I don't remember when it was... At some point, Dave had said that that was based on Jeff Darrow. Just uh-huh. all the shit on him, and he's just eating nuts and bolts. <laughs> Wait, which guy eat nuts and bolts? Uh, it's on the nine-panel grid scene, the second page of the diner. Oh, that guy. Lure. I see him now. All right, he is yeah, eating like nuts fishing, and bolts. Fishing lures. And, wow, yeah. it did not even register what he was eating. Yep. Yeah, I believe that was that character was based on Jeff Darrow. And then Cully Hamner's in here, and uh, and Eric, and, and I'm assuming some of the other guys are somebody too. But yeah, most likely. I was looking for like a Jason Pearson or something. Yeah. Yeah, and now uh, the issue kind of wraps up with uh, everyone headed towards uh, Tokyo to uh, take on the Covenant. They get this crazy jet, which someone must be flying for them. Yeah, they aren't flying it. There must be somebody in there. Very cool design. And I freaking love the air bikes that these villains have with, again, the nuclear orb underneath. Yeah, they're not even attached. Just hovering. Such a cool design. It looks cool. Those clouds look a little weird, though, because they're flat on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, that is an interesting choice, having the flat clouds. But it, it does... But also, it, it gives it depth so that you, so you can tell where they are on uh, on the planes. Sure. But it's... it's it looks a little odd. clouds that look like that, yeah. It looks very McFarlane-ish for some reason, and uh, Dave Johnson does not do, do McFarlane. <laughs> No. Did you read the uh, letters pages in this? Was there anything interesting in there? I flipped through it. I didn't see anything too, anything worth kind of really mentioning. Okay. Is uh, Chris McJunkin uh, wrote a letter in here? Oh wow. Who's definitely uh, still on board with Savage Dragon? Been around for a while, yeah. Participated in Super Freaks. Now, did you guys? um, I feel like you guys have talked about this Vanguard ad before. It says, This ain't no seafaring samurai. Did we ever, has anyone ever decided what that means? 
Seafaring Samurai. Hmm, no. Is that the one we had is... talked about it, but I can't remember. Yeah, so it's got to be a reference to something. It's probably based on another ad that came out around that oh, time. Of course, that's all yeah. these Larson ads were. Hold on, let me see if it's in my star issue. But I don't know what the hell that means. Uh, this ain't no seafaring samurai vanguard number one all new miniseries. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. No idea. The uh, greenest hero in the image universe is very strong. Was both based on a, a bone ad. Yeah, which that bone ad shows is it's in the star uh, issue. Yeah. We're gonna be covering on a is future episode. Oh, okay. Unless it is in that those, because I don't have those issues. It is. I think it's in was in the second issue. Uh, in the the Savage Dragon statue back then was one hundred and fifty bucks. That was a lot of money. Yeah, that's why I never had it. Yeah, me either. And then the Star series, which was promising, kind of never really. I think it was supposed to last. It was supposed to be an ongoing. Then it was supposed to be like four issues, I think. And then it was down to three, or it was supposed to be five, and it came out as four. What Wild Star? Yeah. Wild Star? You mean? I mean, yeah, Wild. I'm sorry, Wild Star. Is that oh. yeah, Star? Yeah. yeah. Wild Star, yeah. Well, it makes sense because yeah, I did get. I think I, I'm pretty sure it did get cut short. Probably just couldn't find. You know what? Just a guess. Around this time, I believe Image made a choice to like cut back on like secondary titles. Secondary. Yeah, and it may have like been part Tribe of that. and stuff. Yeah, like uh, that and um, all that Shaman's other, Tears. Sh Shaman's Tears. Those sorts of books. They all kind of got cut. Because they they felt they were like diluting the brand or something, and so a lot of them got got cut off. Uh, but Dart is coming. There's an ad for Dart on the back of Living Justice Two, so that's coming soon. It looks cool there. Well, the covers yeah. all look cool. I mean, the book looks good on the outside. But we'll get to that someday. That's, that's a story for another day. Eh? So I think that about Dangerous wraps curve. anything else we want to say about these two issues. You know, that isn't just more Dave Johnson is the best. We wish more Dave Johnson comics um, existed. No, but I, I do think that, you know, of all the early image books, this, these Super Patriot books are some of the best early image to come out. Like, right. they're just a joy to look at. They read well. Yeah, this is a, a definitely a strong effort. The Beer Bombs... They knock it out of the park. I mean, Eric does great, I think, sometimes with like finding these talents or getting in, in these er, in the early image releases. The one thing I love about Eric is that he didn't go for a house style that like was just a bunch of people aping him. It wasn't like extreme where everyone was just kind of a poor man's version of Rob Liefeld. Right. And I think because of that the the larson spinoff books really stand the test of time a lot better they so, stand on their own at least you ever see those yeah. er, those early todd knock uh issues where he's trying really hard to look like liefeld yeah it's not, it's not not great <laughs> you know i i do think he kind of like the john cleary uh trying to be you know mcfarlane books were did not work out well but yeah, the all second in all, Deadly Duelist series is a bit of a 
a problem. The guys who just did their own thing are the ones that really kind of stand out, you know. Everyone that tried to mimic another style, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and I agree. And that's uh that is sort of the appeal of all these uh spin-off books because they all have their own identities, really. Yeah, and you can read this as uh just a super patriot book and you don't, you don't have to right yeah there's basically nothing in here that connects it. connects it to savage dragon like at all no i mean they don't, <laughs> i don't even think they mentioned that justice had previously uh, met dragon it just doesn't come up no it's good uh, yeah it's and, and you know it's good too for like probably back then if someone didn't really care for dragon you could right. read this and and still get a fan out of it i feel like this is a good uh would have been a good gateway series for Dragon. That's what I don't, that's don't what like I, Eric's art or don't like Eric's writing or whatever or whatever it is about Dragon that they don't like. Yeah. Get into Super Patriot. That's what I said for years. I mean, I mean to be fair, uh, the the Kirkman Super Patriot books are some of my earliest Image Comic experiences, and they did a lot to not only get me into Dragon more, uh, but also to okay. expand myself into other Image superheroes. There you go. Bring bring back more Super Patriot. Bring give Super Patriot another book. Yes. That's the beauty of that character too, is that he's mostly cyborg, so he can just be around forever. You can make up some reason why he doesn't die. Yeah, he's half Dave Johnson is ready to draw some more. He's half super soldier and half robot. He basically immortal. Well, there was what he showed up in was it Profit? Oh God, did, did he show up in Profit? I know uh, Die Hard did. And well, Bat- which Profit are you talking? Like in the old school Profit? It was like or? the no. new ones, and it was weird. It was like two hundred years in the future, or yeah. Something, and Super Patriot was still around, but he was like mostly just like a robot. Like, oh yeah. right, that's right. He was like a giant robot, and Johnny like lived in its head. Yeah, it was pretty cool actually. Yeah, I mean, not that that's like canon, but. Right, right. There's no reason why he couldn't just continue forever. Yeah, I think it was just one issue. Let me look that up real quick because I remember that. That was fun. That was a good yeah. series, uh, especially yeah, it with maybe even been just like a page or something. I don't know. Yeah, it was like it was profit number thirty nine, uh, and it's it's an issue dedicated entirely to uh, to Die Hard, uh, which makes sense okay. because they're they're very similar. <laughs> They're like buddies in like the old, like they both fought in World War II or something. The allies? Yeah. Die Hard's actually a major character in that Prophet series because his whole deal is that he's lived forever. Uh, yep. And it kind of sucks, but he's still around. Cool. It's actually the coolest Die Hard has ever been, I'll be completely honest. The I like the time. character because they, they made like they changed up his costume here and there. They gave him like the loose Cobra Commando mask at one point and made him more robot-y at another point. I don't know. They're always mixing it up. I thought he was a cool design. Well, you're listening to the Savage Die Hard cast. <laughs> I hope everybody's got sent in your letters and cards about Die Hard. All right, so shall we wrap this one up? Good plan. Uh, so this was the Savage Fincast Retro. You can, of course, always drop us a letter at savagefincast uh, at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube under Savage Fincast. 
uh, our website, savagefincast.com. Uh, we are on the Spotify, and we are um, on iTunes and, and Google Play. Is- as a reminder, we're kind of read in the retros are reading them kind of in the order that they came out in a way or very closely. So as close as possible. So the next episode is not going to be Super Patriot Liberty and Justice three and four. Nope. We are still in June, July. So we are going to be covering star number one and number two next. Oh, noted. All right. Well, I look forward to those episodes. Uh, and then after that. I'm not sure. Uh, well, I, I am sure. I do know what we're covering after that. But it's uh, a lot of miniseries for the foreseeable future. And then we'll be getting back to Savage Dragon itself very shortly to get to that big issue 20. Which uh, a lot of stuff happens in Savage Dragon 20, I believe. From memory. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's the big Overlord rematch. We'll get to it soon. All right. Soon being I'm, like I'm December. i me to jump ahead. To a book that came out in '96. Yeah, <laughs> all these books are available. You can go find them in in dollar bins. Even read them now. Don't wait for us. Savage Dragon's worth it. So thanks for listening. Till next time, Til- kids. Yep. Yeah, goodbye. Thanks for listening. Another punch out <laughs> ending, everyone. Excellent.